0: Welcome to the Fuzzy Mike, oh, Fuzzy Mike, the interview series, the podcast, whatever Kevin wants to call it. It's Fuzzy Mike. When I say million-selling singer-songwriter, what does that mean to you? Uh,
1: it uh, means thanks to a lot of people that went out there and bought uh, songs or records. And, uh, you, know, you know, it means a lot because uh, when I started out, I was a flat broke songwriter and... Uh, Still a flat broke somewhere. <laughs> no, it's it, it means a lot that people went out and bought records and, and uh artists have recorded my songs over the years and uh it's just great. It's just it's it's great to get to do what you love to
0: do and I've I've been fortunate enough to play music my entire life. When uh, you moved from here in Illinois to Nashville, about a three hour drive. Yeah. What was the dream?
1: Uh, it, it was to grow up to be somebody like Chris Christopherson or, you know, Waylon or Willie or Haggard. Or, it's like all these guys, all these pictures I see are my heroes, you know, on these walls. And um, I grew up uh, being a fan of the, you know, singer-songwriters. And a lot of those guys were the guys that were, you know, um, came out of Texas, you know. the The guys like Billy Joe Shaver and Guy Clark and of course, Waylon and Willie and uh, all those guys and, uh, you know, people... Uh, you grow up wanting to write songs like uh, Help Me Make It Through The Night and For The Good Times and, you know, all those classic songs,
0: so... Has what you achieved lived up to the dream?
1: M- well, my wife, you know, she's got a high, a high <laughs> you know, like, they're never as good as, like, we- Waylon. I mean, our first date, we snuck into a Waylon concert. That was our first date. Uh, we were at a fair, we DuCoin State Fair in Southern Illinois. Uh-huh. And uh, there was like a little chain link fence. It was nailed to like one of those big, you know, light poles and you could sneak through there. I go, come on, let's go through here. <laughs> so we snuck into the Waylon show. And then we got to be friends with Waylon later on. And I was looking at that Wayland, uh picture back there and there were, you know, like 1999, I'd get a call at 5 o'clock and Waylon go, Hey, what you doing? I go, Yeah, sitting over here, what you doing? He goes, You guys want to go eat some barbecue. And there was a place in Nashville called Fate's Pig and Pie. And uh, Fate Thomas was the sheriff in Nashville at the time, but he had a barbecue place. And we would go out there, we would get in a car, and me and my wife, and Waylon and Jesse, and you know it might be four or five people we go out we go eat somewhere and it's like to think that we at one time would ride around on our dates listening to waylon and willie and here we are going to eat you know barbecue with him that's so amazing that like really fantastic
0: an amazing
1: story. dream come true because waylon was like one of the nicest people you know I would go over there, and Waylon and I would go write songs together. And uh, every time I would go over there, uh, they uh, they made uh, this taco salad, you know. And I threw a fit over the taco salad because it was really—I mean, I really liked it, you know. It was like a salad with, you know, chili and tortillas and stuff. And and every time I went over there, we would have that taco salad, and uh, you know, Waylon. Waylon would go, we're going to have some taco salad for lunch because I threw a fit over it, you know, every time I went over there. But he he was such a great guy. And uh, just all the way up until he passed away, you know, I kept in contact with him. In fact, he got ticked off at me one time. It was Halloween. And I was over there writing songs with him. And uh, my wife called me up and she was going to get Halloween outfits for the kids. You know, they were little at the time. And uh, he goes, "What's going on?" And I said, "Well, she's going to get Halloween costumes." And he goes, "Well, what are they going? What are they going to be?" And I said, "Well, one of them's going to be like a zombie, you know, slasher kind of guy, and one of them's going to be Batman, one of them's going to be Spider Man." He goes, "Man, bring those kids over here." And it was a Sunday night. It was 1999. I remember it. The Titans played the uh, St. Louis Rams which became the Super Bowl final game. But anyway, I didn't go to the game, but it was a crazy day in Nashville. So she took the kids trick-or-treat, and it got, it got late in the day, and Waylon was getting, you know, his health was starting to, he had diabetes and stuff like that, so. We didn't go by. We didn't go by the house to trick-or-treat that night, because I thought it was gonna be too late, and I didn't want to go knocking up there, showing up, trick-or-treat, you know, and, uh so we didn't go so uh the next morning like at seven thirty in the morning like hey i said hey he was where the hell were you last night we said waited on us to trick or treat i felt bad you know oh no but uh we loved Waylon and yeah. jesse something else
0: well there's a song that brought you to the table that got you that introduction to Waylon jennings which play uh the very first song that kind of put you on the map yeah. for us sir
1: I see if you remember this now i was i remember the the night we shot this video uh just down the road over there in austin it was cold i don't know if you remember seeing this video but i keep running into people going i was there the night you shot that video and uh we we, we were out there with see if you remember this one and she couldn't keep from crying when she told me goodbye
0: first time you ever heard that on the radio what kind of feelings did you get i think i probably did backflips yeah you know
1: but i do that uh, every song that that I ever put out the first time I hear it. I, I don't remember where I was at, but uh, it's always special. Even when somebody else records one of my songs, when I hear the song the first time, it's uh, it's real special because you, you spend so much time writing songs, and, and uh, when somebody actually cuts one of your songs, it's really special.
0: So can you hear somebody else do your song and not want to critique the way that they did it?
1: Actually, when somebody—I mean, there might be like a tendency to want to do that—but people, you know, when when somebody records one of your songs, it's like their family all of a sudden, you know. Uh, I just—I I'm really thankful that uh, you know that they record the songs, and uh, I'm appreciative of it.
0: So, is it? Our song, is it your song or is it their song at some
1: point? Well, it's my song, uh-huh. but... Uh, <laughs> 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 it's my song. But, uh, you know, and I always feel like, you know, I'm just happy. I'm thrilled when somebody records a song. And, uh, I mean, that's what I started out, you know, hoping somebody would, would want to record my songs or somebody would like my songs. Anybody, if you're a songwriter out there, you know what I'm talking about, and um, it's just a special thing when somebody cuts one of your tunes.
0: Well, you've had Hank Jr. cut one of your tunes. You've had Reba cut one of your tunes. You have had Montgomery Gentry record, Brooks and Dunn, and now you've got the new wave. You've got uh, uh, Jake Owen. You've got Luke Bryan doing your stuff, and you have uh, a couple of songs that Jason Aldean has done. Uh, I mean, that's... The career longevity and being able to do different, like I, what I say, genres of country speaks volumes to your talent, sir.
1: Well, I've gotten to be friends with a lot of those guys uh, over the years. And uh, like, uh, it just, it's kind of funny because I live south of Nashville, like 25 miles. And uh, Luke lives out there by me. Uh, Shane Miner, who's another singer-songwriter, lives out there. There's There's just a bunch of us that live out there, and the city's growing out there to us, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's catching up, but it's like the other day, uh, well, it wasn't the other day, it was a couple months ago, um, I was going to write with Dallas Davidson, and Luke, Luke, just, he probably is a crow flies, he's about, his place is probably a mile and a half from, from my place, and out in the country, a mile and a half, that's pretty close, you know, so... Uh, I knew Luke was coming over there that day and he called me up on his way over and they were coming I've got a little farmhouse out there and I've written a bunch of songs out there and there's there's no internet, there's no cable TV, there's no satellite. It's just you come out there and uh, you can't, you know, you're just kind of off the grid there for just a little bit uh, except for your cell phone. And uh, Luke called me up. He goes, hey man, I got an idea. He was on his way over and I see him every now and then, you know out there riding around or something because i got this idea called hooked on it and uh so he came over and we wrote that song and it's on his new record so check that out if you if you do but it's pretty cool and we
0: wrote that out there so you just that that's your space that you go to be creative that's the space where you go to kind of isolate yourself from from everything it's just a good little
1: place to um i mean that's where uh i know we got some kevin fowler fans out there kevin and i wrote uh Hell yeah, I like beer out there. We wrote a couple of songs off his new record out there. And uh, it's just fun. I mean, you just, it's just, uh, we're far enough out of Nashville where uh, we're not in town. And uh, we're, we wrote uh, Way Out Here for Josh Thompson out there. Uh-huh. We wrote No Zip Code, the title track to my song out there. And it just kind of, you just feel like you're not in town, even though we're, you know, 30 minutes away from Nashville. But um, it's just a good little spot. It, there's it's nothing fancy. It's just a little bitty old farmhouse, you know. So how did Big Green Tractor come about then? Well, that was one night I was just out. Uh, I've got a tractor, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, my farm out there. Like, I'll be gone a lot on the road, and um, it'll, it gets away from you if you're not, you know, right on it, you know, especially over there because it's... You know everything just grows really fast, especially in the summer and uh i I was out there riding around one night and uh I told this story earlier uh i I do exactly what they say you're not supposed to do is do not operate heavy machinery with alcohol <laughs> and of course I'm riding around I got a six pack from you know Kroger's or you know, whatever, hanging up there. There's a little hook up there on my tractor, and I just hang that little plastic bag there and put a six-pack, and I ride around, you know, put especially on a summer night, you know. I put the headlights on and ride around and just cut stuff down. And that's, you know, there's something about it, you know, when you just level everything. And I was riding around one night, and I uh, came up with this little song idea, and, uh, and I went to ride it with a buddy of mine, Jim Collins, who wrote? She thinks my tractor sexy, you know. And uh, so, you know, I said, "You want to write another tractor song?" And he goes, "Yeah." So we wrote this song. And we just felt like we had a we had a hit on it. Then eventually, um, Jason recorded it and had a hit with it. And uh, I'll do it for you. We to shine a little beam with a rack top down.
0: We talked to Al Dean uh, earlier this week, and it was shortly after his ACM uh, Entertainer of the Year Award. And Jason's always going to be synonymous with Las Vegas, uh, the, the tragic yeah. event that happened there. And we asked him, you know, what was it like going back? And he said it, it was his opportunity to finally put closure on that tragic event. But it got us thinking, you know, when we put closure on a tragic event, we listen to music. That's one of the things, one of our outlets, one of our releases. Music kind of put him in that situation there. Well, how, if, if that's you, how do you cope with something like that? I don't know how he, I don't know how he uh, got through that. I mean, that
1: was, yeah. that was just uh, one of those things. I, I felt really sorry for him the night that that happened. And I, I've talked to him and the guys in his band. Uh, his bass player has a uh, bullet hole in his in really? his base yeah which is crazy and actually the bull that went up through the stock of the the base you know just it went that way because they're solid body bases but i don't know how i mean i i don't know how you'd ever get anything like that out of your mind and uh, i i feel sorry for those guys and all those people
0: that were there it was crazy yeah but nashville had to like just i mean did nashville shudder as a city when that I think, happened? I th- well, I think everybody did. Yeah, You
1: know, there's so many, so many people that I know that were there when it happened, and um, so many people in Nashville and, you know, every, everywhere are related to somebody who might have been there. And mm-hmm. you just think, man, how, how could
0: that have happened? But that was a heartbreaking deal. Very heartbreaking, and and Jason is handling it very well. Uh, he, he, you know, and, and he's not shying away from talking about it. But he did say that he expects that one day that we will all be able to move on from that and not make that a synonymous Jason Aldean event, but a uh, a triumph of country music over over ugly. It, it also got me thinking about. Probably the guy who may be able to handle something like that the best in Nashville, and that would be Kenny Chesney. Because you always just get the feeling that Kenny is just, like, the most complete laid-back person. And if he didn't have to go somewhere dark like that, he would have that escape. He really is. He's a great guy. Uh, he's,
1: uh, just over the years, he's recorded so many of my songs. Uh, and just knowing him that way, just, uh, he, he just, uh, he just he he is what you see, you know. He's he's a he's just a laid back guy. How know? did your like, friendship start with Kenny? Well, I mean, we 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 cross paths over the years, you know, touring. You know, everybody, you know, going back to uh, the '90s. You know, uh, doing shows and you know, you just do. There, you do so many shows that you know, you see somebody backstage. Hey, man, how you doing? And and what? when um uh, he recorded a song of mine called just not today maybe about 2004 2005 then that was the first song of mine he'd ever recorded but i remember uh, you know just uh you know just watching him start his rise with uh now i know how you know forever feels and a lot no shirt no shoes and and uh he's just is a talented guy and uh but 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 when he recorded that song, then he recorded another song of mine, uh, "Living in Fast Forward." Mm-hmm. Then he recorded uh, "Live a Little." He recorded "Till It's Gone," um, "Pirate Flag," "Bar at the End of the World." There's a bunch of those songs. So,
0: so do you write songs and, and throw them his way, or does he come to you and say, "Hey, David Lee, I need a song"?
1: Well, I mean, I if if I know he's cutting uh-huh. or or anybody like that, I try to like son, like particular people like um like the one song uh i wrote a song for jason is it uh, it's like, it like i just wrote this and... see if you remember this i'll just play a little bit of... that's the only way i know don't stop till everything's gone that started from that
0: that's it that's how that whole thing comes about yeah just that guitar riff so living in fast forward, how'd that come about?
1: Well, I was writing with uh, a buddy of mine, Rivers Rutherford, and uh, we'd gotten together to write one day. And when we get together in Nashville, we'll, we 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 um, sit there and drink coffee and talk about who who was playing, who who won, who lost, what happened to so and so pitcher, you know, what happened to the quarterback, who got hurt, whatever. And uh, we had written all day one day, and uh, Rivers had an appointment with Buddy Cannon, and uh, Buddy produces Kenny, and um, he said I got, he was going to go pitch uh, some songs to, uh, which means he's going to go give him some songs to see if he, he'll record them for his next record. And uh, so we we were finishing up, and uh, I played this idea that I just had, just like, that's we do that all the time. Like, man, see what you think about this. Like, next time we get together, we'll work on this, you know. And I, I had this. Song. But I'm living, and fast forward. He'll be the rock star out of control. And Rivers' like, man, I love that. That's, he goes, hold on. And he, starts, he just starts scribbling down, and uh, it's like, he, he starts writing these words The body is a temple. That's what we're taught. And I treated this one. And so I'm a man, that's, that's awesome. So he just starts going, you know, writing. So that was right on the spot. You just started yeah. writing that on the right spot. Right there. And uh, so we wrote a verse and a chorus to that song, and, and he took it. Uh, and that's all we had time for. We just kind of stopped, and he took off, and we recorded it on an iPhone. And so uh, Rivers went to go with, to his meeting with Buddy, and he played the songs. And Buddy's like, well, what else you got? and he goes well uh i got this song here that we that we worked on today see see what you think about this and he played it to him and buddy said i won't put that on hold for kenny and uh of course we had to finish it you know <laughs> so uh we got together and i remember going down there that day to finish the song i had a really bad cold i've gotten a cold somehow and uh so we wrote this song and I remember there was a line that, that we didn't know if Kenny would sing which was greasy cheeseburgers and cheeps. Didn't know if Kenny would sing the greasy cheeseburgers part. Wasn't sure he had sing the hillbilly rock star thing, but uh now it just seems like it's right, mm-hmm. you know. Cause I'm living and fast forward. A hillbilly rock star out of control, cause yes, I'm living and fast
0: forward. And I need rewind So we've been hearing your lyrics for the past 14 years, not hearing your voice. A 14-year recording hiatus. What did Kenny say to you that got you back in the studio? Well, I
1: was, uh, I was over at my house one night. I was sitting out in the backyard and I was grilling. And I had sent some songs over to Kenny for, uh, it was probably, you know, the, the record that he put out, "A Pirate Flag, or uh, Bart the End of the World. And I'd, and we had been working on our, our project at the whole time. I mean, um, well, I take that back. No. This was before that. Um, I sent I sent the uh, songs over there to Kenny, and um, he said, you know, you've been sending songs to me for the last couple of years, and I've been recording them. And he goes, you need to make another record. He goes, how long has it been? And, uh, you know, it had been a few years. And uh, he goes, what if... Um, Me and Buddy produce a record on you, and we just put it out and just see what happens. And I go, hell yeah! (laughs) And that's what we did. I mean, uh, and over the next couple of months, we thought about, you know, what songs we were going to record. And I mean, he knew a lot of the songs that um, that you know, some of the songs that we recorded, he knew them, you know. And one of the songs in particular, uh, No Zip Code he he loved and he you know that that really is the song that started the whole uh you know uh i won't be sorry i'm sorry on the no zip code record uh was the one that really made him like go you need to make a record and so we did we we went and uh recorded like 10 songs and um and then got down to the end of it and uh i wrote this other song i had this other song that uh I, I was actually going to give to him, you know, because we had our songs kind of picked out and uh, He was gonna record this song and uh, it was for his last album And he's like man, you know, I love this song. I really want to do it But I, I don't know maybe I'm gonna save it for the next record because I don't know if it fits in with The record because it was a little it was different than everything else that would have been on his last album and um I said, man, let's put it on mine, and he's like, man, that's a great idea, and so uh, that's what we did, and then he graciously, you know, sang on it with me, and that was just like icing on the cake.
0: This might be my all-time favorite quote ever that I've read from somebody. My favorite thing to do on the farm is actually to do nothing. I just like to sit out there and not do a thing. (laughs) Now... When you release I didn't a ten- say that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you did, sir, back maybe in ninth, uh, 2010 or so. It's true. But here's the thing. Okay, if that's your favorite thing to do, you, su- you-, you put out a 10-song CD. Now you're finding yourself on a Thursday evening in Houston, Texas. You're back working, and you're working hard. So are you going to eventually have to sit down on Kenny Chesney and say, no more ideas like yeah, that? No, that, that means when I get home. Okay. I like to do absolutely nothing you know. Because being, being a musician and touring is hard, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean there's a lot. Of, I was in Louisville last night mm-hmm. and um, and you know, it was fun. We played a later show and there was a bunch of like drunk people <laughs> and I was right in the middle of it, you know. <laughs> and it was fun. I mean, we had a hell of a time and uh, I love it. I mean, honestly, God, I love it. I love I love doing this right here because I'm playing my songs and somebody's listening. And uh, I've, I've had more fun in the last you know, a couple of months just going and hanging out. I love people. I love talking, I love playing music, I love drinking beer, I love eating. I love food, man, too. I like to go in, I I went in there and I looked at all that barbecue and stuff, and there, you know, I just, I like living. But when I say I just wanna sit at the farm and do nothing, that's after I've been running my ass off, you know. I go home and I just wanna hang out, but, I love I love coming out here and playing music, and be, I love being on the road with my band. I love being on the bus, traveling, and uh, I just love it.
0: As know? a songwriter, is it possible to sit and do nothing? Because aren't you always, I mean, as a morning show co-host, we're constantly observing for show prep. You're constantly probably looking at, hey, that, that'd be a song idea. So yeah, how can, I
1: guess <laughs> doing nothing for me is sitting there thinking. Yeah, because you, know? you can't that, ever turn that, it I off. I think that's what that means, that doing nothing is just thinking. You know, uh, you know, coming up with an idea and thinking like, how can I write a song about that? Or, you know, just thinking about stuff.
0: That's it for the Fuzzy Mike. Thank you. The Fuzzy Mike with Kevin Klein, Executive producer, Trish Klein. Mouth noises by Zach Sheesh at the Radio Farm. Get your fuzz fix online anytime at thefuzzymike.com. Everywhere with the iHeartRadio app and in this pocket. Wow, that is a lot of fuzz. Thanks for listening to the Fuzzy Mike.